Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to SM Enlightenment Radio or watching on SM Enlightenment TV. I'm Ayana. And I'm Jenny. And we are two healthy chicks providing simple life hacks on this journey to healthy living. How are you feeling, Jenny? Feeling awesome. Feeling great. What's in your mug tonight? Oh, so, okay. Let me see if I can reach for both. I am double fisting tonight because, you know. Oh, nice. I am still, you know, struggling a little bit, but getting better. I'm staying hydrated. So in this one, I have complete hydration and a pomegranate fizz stick. So I need 55 milligrams of caffeine. And then I have some hot tea to warm me up afterwards. I was going to say, I would never sleep tonight if I had that right now. (laughs) I'm doing the decaf version of things, the detox tea with the peppermint black. Oh my goodness. It is so good. So good. And I was just saying, I'm so sad. It's my last peppermint black. So I'm going to have to reorder some very soon. Isn't that a sad day? I ran like maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. I got to get back on it. Uh All right. So good. So, we have something special for you tonight. We're going to do things a little differently. We have a wonderful guest that we'll interview throughout um, the show. We're going to bring her in, like, immediately. And before (laughs) I introduce our topic... I'd like to actually introduce the guest. So she's a mother, a former teacher, and a lover of all sports. So if you've been following us for the last eight episodes, you may have already guessed who it is. Let's welcome Jenny Hardy. Hello, hello. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Ayana. This is exciting. I'm so glad to be your guest tonight. Oh, we're right. so corny. <laughs> yeah, we, can, we can be really corny. People, we have a lot the of fun cheese is oozing down. If only yeah. I actually ate cheese. So, yeah. <laughs> so the reason we're doing this like this, uh, you'll see soon enough. I'm going to pick your brain tonight, Jenny, um, about gluten and living a gluten-free lifestyle and the life-threatening impact to you and your family. So this isn't just like a fad diet or something that you just, oh, let me follow this, you know, and see how this feels. This is something that you've been following for years now. Mm -hmm. And the reason we're doing this like this is because I have a gluten sensitivity, but it's not life-threatening to me. I know that my stomach probably would say something different, (laughs) but you know, it's just, it's not life-threatening and I don't know half as much about it as you do. So I'm going to pick your brain. I love it. And I'm excited because let me just say like, I could do a whole podcast week after week on living the gluten-free lifestyle. And so this topic is so so loaded. And, um, you know, we, we could cover so many different things, but um, we'll just pick a place to start and what we can actually cover in one episode tonight together. And so my goal is one, to give information for those that don't understand um, and have grown tired of what this whole gluten-free craze is all about. And it's like, what is up with it? Why is everyone offering it? Why are the you know store shelves lined with it? Why do restaurants, you know, like, so we will we will cover that and then two also then to give encouragement to those who are living the gluten-free lifestyle um, because it can be very difficult um, so uh, to do both of those things is what I'm hoping to accomplish tonight 
Awesome. So, you know what? Let's just jump into it. Um, because I think that this is going to be a nice little ride for the two of us. Only because I remember exactly how I felt when you first mentioned uh, being gluten-free to me. And I was like, oh, no, no, (laughs) no, 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 no. So that's why I'm, you know, kind of interested to see how this is going to play out. But let's start with explaining to us why someone would want to go gluten-free in the first place. Is it just a fad? So, okay. So there is a lot of misunderstanding out there regarding the gluten-free lifestyle. And so a lot of people have gotten caught up in this fad. And I was in that camp, um, interestingly enough, when I first heard about it too. So it's so funny. Like, I did not know that, that you say that about like, oh no, like she's one of those crazy people. Like that's hilarious to me because I thought the same thing when I heard about gluten-free living and like when I did um, the, the 30 days to healthy living and it, it is gluten-free. And so I'm like, okay, I guess I can do that for 30 days, but that's kind of weird, but whatever. I've never heard of that. And then the the people that were sharing about it and telling us about it, they would like share different products or, or talk about these things they found at the grocery store, this or that. And I'm like, wait a minute, do they live this way? They do this past the 30 days? Like, oh no, like that is crazy. So, so I'm right there with you. Like I get it. It, it, it is. So there's a, there's a process. There's a lot of learning to do. And so I had that same thought like, oh, this is just a fad. Like is, you know, what is this? But the reality is there is a legitimate allergy to wheat and um, that exists. And there's also the celiac disease and there's also non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So let me just start off by explaining what those are so everyone has the same groundwork to, to understand and to start from. So the celiac disease, I'm going to start there. So the celiac disease is an autoimmune disease. And um, it's a very serious autoimmune disease that occurs in genetically predisposed people where the ingestion of gluten leads to damage in the small intestine. So you do have to have the genetic disposition to get this, then it is also a combination of lifestyle that will basically trigger the switch and turn it on. So it's estimated to affect about one in 100 people worldwide. And so there's about two and a half um, Americans who are undiagnosed and are at risk for long-term health complications. So I think that's really interesting that we'll kind of come back to in later conversation that I'm sure that'll be interesting to talk about. But to continue on explaining about what celiac is. So when people who have celiac disease eat gluten, and so what gluten is, it's a protein that's found in wheat, in rye and in barley. And then their body mounts an immune response that attacks the small intestine. So gluten starts this immune attack on your own body. So these attacks then lead to damage on the villi, which are these like small little finger-like projections that line the inside of the small intestine. And so they are really, really important, but it attacks them and it and it rubs them off basically. And so then that what these villi do is they have, they um, cause the nutrient absorption. So when these villi get damaged, then the nutrients cannot be absorbed properly into the body. And so I, I just want to stop and explain that. So the longer that it goes undiagnosed um, for these villi to be rubbed off, um, they they can get down to the the 
like the knobs to different pieces and so or different lengths of it and so to in order to truly know if you have celiac disease or not you need to do an endoscopy to go in and look at it and look at the villi and see where they are and something that i found out that was really interesting the edges of these villi the first part is the dairy sensitivity. So what is often common in people that have celiac, the first thing that they notice is their sensitivity to dairy because mm -hmm. those are rubbed off. And this is what I learned in our process of figuring this out in our family. Um, so I was like, ooh, red light, there's an issue with dairy. And then as they get rubbed down further, so the longer it goes undiagnosed, the more damage you can have done to your body and the less nutrients you are having absorbed into your body and the more damage overall that you are doing, possibly stunting growth, possibly um, losing weight, um, so those types of things. So it's a really um, interesting thing. And it's a, it's a very, very dangerous thing for someone who has celiac. Do you have a question? Well, yeah, well, not really a question, but that's interesting because, you know, many people, um, and I can only speak, of course, from my perspective, but in our community, um, many people start to experience sensitivities to dairy as they get older. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we've just all kind of just normalize, hey, okay, you're getting older, you can't drink milk anymore, you can't have cheese anymore. But maybe it's something, and I mean, I understand it only affects 1% of the population, but how many of us are undiagnosed. So I'm wondering if there's something to that, where it's not just a matter of, oh, yeah, you're getting up in age, so no more dairy food. So, well, so it's, so it's that, so that can be a trigger thing. It doesn't mean because you are having trouble with dairy, that means you have celiac, but it's one of those trigger things that's interesting to note. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also. That's the first step it, you were saying. Yes. But mm -hmm. there's also a side note to, to, so to address what you were talking about. There's also, as we age, we do um, lack the right. en enzyme that breaks mm -hmm. down lactate or lactose. Yeah. So, so we get less of that. So it does make it harder to process dairy. So mm -hmm. there's that combined too. So it, it's a lot of different things, but what you bring up is a really good point that I think we'll definitely chat about throughout this evening is that there are a lot of undiagnosed digestive issues that do pertain to gluten. Um, so that, so even if you say, ah, I don't have celiac, I don't need to listen to this. Like keep listening, <laughs> hold on. Cause there's more coming. So they, it might not be that you have celiac because like you said, it is a small percentage. And it's so fascinating to me with our experience that I'll go into more detail about our family and how this has all played out is that like, to me, it's a big deal, uh, because it's a reality in my family and this is the way we live our life. But, um, it, it is like a small percentage. It is quote unquote, a rare disease, but, um, but it, it doesn't negate the severity of it and the importance of it for us mm -hmm. to, you know, obviously stay gluten free. Um, and so just to address it, so celiac is hereditary, like I mentioned before, you do have to have the genetic predisposition for it. But just because you have the genetic predisposition doesn't mean you're going to get celiac. If you avoid gluten your whole life and, and never create this autoimmune response, then it won't turn into celiac. Um, but you likewise the flip if you don't have the genetic predisposition then you aren't at risk for getting celiac um so let's see here what else um and and just it's interesting to note though the celiac disease can develop at any age um after people start eating foods or medicines that contain gluten 
So, um, so it just, it matters with the lifestyle factor. So left untreated though, celiac disease can lead to additional serious health problems. Some people can have, um, so just a lot of things like I had mentioned, um, about stunted growth, um, that your intestines not working properly. Um, just a lot of very serious things that can eventually lead to death if it's left unchecked. Um, and then I'll just note also that different people's, uh, responses, um, different pe people of celiac respond differently to like their issues, their symptoms can all be different, which is a fascinating thing too. Some people develop a rash. Some people have diarrhea. Some people constipation. Some people have bloating. Some people have um, stomach pains. Some people have immediate diarrhea. Some people like, but it's all different um, for every single body. So that is kind of an interesting thing too. And with that, there's different levels of um, ability. No one can tolerate gluten, but the exposure to it, um, like some people will not have any products that are made um, in the same facility um, that any other gluten is made in. Um, for us, we like anything that is on the same line, um, you have to really be careful about cross-contamination. So any products like cookies that are create, made on a line as other you know, gluten-containing cookies, like we would not be eating in our house because that would not be safe for, um, for us. So, so there's a lot of precautions to, to take. Um, so that is celiac disease. Then um, before you go yeah. further, will you actually tell, because I mean, clearly you have a vast knowledge of this. Why? I mean, because this wasn't just spurred by, you know what, let's just go gluten free. No. So will you tell us how you got here? Yeah. Okay. So it all started um, about about six years ago when I was first introduced to 30 days to healthy living program, a way to do something to improve my health. So I'm like, okay, I'm all about improving my health. I want to eat better. I want to clean up what's going on. So I would love to feel better. That sounds great. Part of that was going gluten-free, um, a concept I had never entertained before. So I'm like, all right, um, very difficult, <laughs> very hard to do because, you know, I love pretzels and I have my sandwiches and just all this stuff. But I'm like, all right. So from then on, though, I felt better. I realized what gluten was doing to my body by taking it out for 30 days and then seeing what actually happened when I put it back in my body. I'm like, oh, there's something to this. This is really fascinating. This never occurred to me before. And so from that, I gained a lot of recipes of, of weight, you know, all kinds of different meals. So that's the way I started cooking for my family. So I completely changed at that point the, the meals that I was preparing for my family. And then, um, I slowly started changing different products that like I, I swapped out the noodles, the spaghetti that we had. Kids didn't even know. If you want to know the brand, I'll let you know. But um, they like they didn't even know it. And so like I started doing little things here and there, did some research, tried different things out that we liked and things like that. So I was slowly going gluten free and primarily cooking gluten free for my family. Um because I felt better and I felt it was a healthier way to be from the research and the things I was learning. Fast forward then, uh, because my family was eating this way as well, one summer we went away um, to family reunion, traveling, things like that. And uh, it was 
like uncontrolled what we were eating, right? We're at the mercy of what was served yeah, to us and all this, mm -hmm. you know, like family reunions, it's all out there. Like you got everything. So it was awesome. So, but after that, um, my daughter wasn't feeling well. And so we're like, Ooh, you know, what is going on? And so it was several weeks and, and we're like trying everything, we're trying to figure out. And finally one day she just looked at me and she's like, do you think it's the gluten? And I'm like, babe, I think it is like, I, I think that's what we're coming down to. Like she figured it out. And she was, how old was she? She was nine, I think at the time, nine wow. or 10. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, so that started our process. Um, we went to a GI specialist. And so here's an interesting thing. So for those of you who want to know, so there's, the only way to the best way to really truly like you can do a blood test but that's not definitive the only way to really truly test is to do an endoscopy so you get knocked out you take the tube down and go look at those villi that i was talking about and see if those are um knobbed off and oh. so to whatever degree that the villi are gone or blunted as it's called is the degree like it's i I'm not positive, I think it's stage one, two, three, or four um, of, of how you're diagnosed with celiac. So that's how mm -hmm. you're diagnosed. So she did that. So, and I will say for, for our personal story, um, it, we had already figured out that it was the gluten that was causing it. We just didn't know if she had celiac or not. Um, so we had already taken gluten out mostly, but the problem is you have to be consuming gluten in order to do the endoscopy to really know if you right. have celiac. So we had to put it back in her diet in order for her to have this endoscopy, which was like, I'm going to try to like, that was like the hardest thing as a mom to do. Like I knew it was hurting her and, but she had to do that. And so, but I'm grateful that we found out that she does in fact have celiac. And so then I know how we have to be 100, 100, 100% sure that she is not having any gluten. Um, so that's how we found out. And then from then on, that was like, like I had already been told by my doctor because of my autoimmune disease that mm -hmm. you need to be gluten-free. But I was like eh, 90, 95% gluten-free, but that extra 100% was very, very difficult. But once, once mama bear kicked in, I'm like, that's it. Gluten that's is gone. Bad. Done. Oh, I know that feeling a little <laughs> over yeah. the last few weeks. Yes. I know exactly what that feels like. So what yes. would you say um, in the few minutes that we have left in the segment, what would you say are some of the difficulties other than the obvious of going gluten-free? Yeah. So, it, so it, it's, I'm looking at it, especially through the eyes of my young daughter. And so I will just start off by saying um, for anyone that knows um, children that need to go gluten free or that are celiac, um, it's emotionally very difficult because especially for her, like here she was, um, was she fourth grade and um, like all of a sudden being told you can't have gluten. Now to an adult, you're like, okay, buck up, like figure it out, live a different lifestyle, whatever. That's not the hardest thing in the world. Right. But to a kid, like stop and think about that. What are you served in the cafeteria? What is offered every single snake and day for lunch? That's on the menu. If you so choose, like we didn't really buy lunch a whole lot, but sometimes it's a treat to do that. Right. Think about the birthday parties you go to. What does every birthday party have? Pizza, Pizza. and <laughs> cupcakes and cake. Oh, I'm sorry. You can go, but you can't eat any of the food. Like right. that's emotionally 
so difficult or oh go and and take your little container of your food with you and so yes that's what we did and yes that's what we had to do but emotionally those are hard things to get over and it's it's different i know it's different stages of hard um no matter if it's that's all you've ever known but then to have it and to have it taken away and to know right. what you're missing um so the emotional aspect um is definitely very difficult um so socially um that and and then just going knowing what you had and then trying to find a replacement i can't even tell you trying to find a good recipe for gluten-free uh um uh pancakes <laughs> Oh my gosh, like to make sure they're fluffy, to make sure they taste good, like all this stuff. Well, it, so it's funny that you say that because the whole time you were talking, I was thinking about how, because we started um, eating gluten-free pancakes for whatever reason, Sykes is not on board. I know for a fact it is mental because there was one weekend where he did not know that I had swapped it out. He was like, oh, these are the best pancakes you've had. So <laughs> that. I, listen, I couldn't script it if I tried, but yeah, like literally earlier this week, um, Aaliyah asked me to make those pancakes and it was a weekday and I'm like, no, I have to work. Like, <laughs> okay, Ayana, it's really not that serious. It'll take you like all of 15 minutes, but just delicious. I mean, honestly, yeah. some of the best pancakes aside from daddy's, yes, no one tops your pancakes, daddy's, no one, but <laughs> Going to the, the, speaking to the emotional part of it, I can absolutely relate. And it's so bizarre that I can relate because it's on a much smaller scale. Like, you know, in the past few episodes, I've talked about how Aaliyah, you know, and like the hormones that she's going through at such a young age and um, puberty on the horizon. And knowing that it has so much to do with our foods and we've changed our diet. But just like you said, that's not how she grew up. So now she knows Oreos. Now she knows cereals and things like that. And then when she asks me throughout the week, mom, can I have one? And it's like that tug of war in me. I can't even think about how it feels to her, but I'm like, I can't tell her no, but I need to tell her no. I get it. It's, it's like an emotional tug of war for both parent and child. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So we actually are going to dive a little bit deeper when we come back. Um, yeah. So just make sure you stick around. Again, this is not just about celiac disease specifically. This is about anyone who is just not feeling great in their gut. Stick around. We have more to share. Welcome back. I'm Ayana.